I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Loom, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors took down the New Orleans Pelicans by a score of 130-122 to 122 in overtime on ring night. And um, a lot, a lot went into this game. It was a very exciting game, obviously with the circumstances being, you know, the Raptors' first ever ring ceremony, the first banner being unveiled. They just actually took that down behind me uh, about five minutes ago, but... Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Definitely a, a huge amount of energy and excitement before the game for the procession in terms of you know the players getting the rings. Masai coming out to MVP chants. Nick Nurse coming out to a roar from the crowd. Van Vliet getting his name chanted. Kyle Lowry getting his name chanted. Huge, huge cheers for Serge Ibaka, Marcus All, and uh, Pascal Siakam. The rings, of course, they looked amazing. Like, I mean. The replica rings even looked pretty good uh, that they were handing them out all around the arena here. But the actual rings themselves, apparently they're the biggest rings in uh, NBA history, which uh, apparently Kyle Lowry put in a request. And what Kyle Lowry wants, Kyle Lowry gets from this organization. So um, obviously tons and tons and tons of excitement. The banner looks amazing. First off, huge important announcement. They they finally took down the Atlantic Division banners, which, um, you know... It was okay before, kind of. It was okay before because the Raptors don't have a lot of history. And, um, you know, it was like, fine, we can celebrate at least this one thing. But, honestly, after they had gone to the Eastern Conference Finals and after they had gone through all these playoff runs, it just didn't really even make sense to hang these Atlantic Division banners. So the Raptors actually finally took those down. They actually consolidated all of them into one banner. So it just says Atlantic champions. And it has the years in which they won, like 2007 and 2014, 2015, 2016, um, and so on and so forth. But, yeah, they took that down. They have NBA champions up there now, and uh, 
it looks beautiful, honestly. It actually fits the Raptors color scheme. Like you got this the gold, you got the black, you got the white, and you got the red. Like it's it's almost like the Raptors were meant to be champions. Um, so tons of excitement before the game, and then of course the game itself. I mean, honestly, it lived up to all the hype in terms of okay, look, there was no Zion, and the Pelicans obviously would be a lot better with Zion. Um, but having said that, the Pelicans were still very competitive. They put up a great fight. They got a lot of deep, like just they have a very deep team, and they got a lot of performances from their bench. Um, and honestly, it, it took not the best out of the Raptors, considering I don't think the Raptors played their best today, but they took it took some very heroic efforts from the likes of Pascal Siakam, who, after signing his max deal, and some people having a, a bit of sticker shock with uh, how much it was worth in terms of $130 million over four years, it's like, whoa, that's a lot of money. But, man, when you get 34 points, 18 rebounds, 5 assists um, in 38 minutes... I don't know. That 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 screams max to me. That definitely screams max to me. Pascal was balling tonight, man. He was incredible. Nobody could really stop him. He played with the confidence that like we know that Pascal is confident. We know that um you know sorry about the bleachers in the background. But we know that Pascal is confident. We know he can get a shot. We know he can score. We saw that last season. But um to the extent in which he needs to be the number one option, honestly, this is this is one of his most impressive performances to his just his to date in his career because there's a lot of the stuff that he was creating for himself even last year like when he had the 44 point game which was a career high against the Wizards last year a lot of that was like derived after like you know broken plays transition plays plays where in the half court somebody set up Pascal to score you know that that's a little bit different from you know today where Pascal did most of the scoring creating his own offense the Raptors really featured Pascal which is something if you listen to the preseason podcast that's a bit of a concern of mine in terms of I just didn't think the Raptors treated Pascal like a number one guy they didn't really look to make sure he had the ball in the spots that he liked and then cleared out for him um but today they definitely definitely allowed Pascal to get his touches and you know there's a couple wonky moments early on you know the jumper wasn't necessarily falling and you know his spin move into the layup you know he was kind of getting contested and challenged on those whatever it's clear that the scouting reports out on him but sort of as the game went on Pascal just grew in confidence and he just started especially in that third quarter he just hit a rhythm and stride in which Man, he was really, really impressive. He got to the free throw line 11 times, which I think is actually a great sign because, you know, uh, to be an efficient and uh, to be an efficient and to be a volume scorer, especially without three pointers being a main component of your game, you're going to need to get to the free throw line. And Pascal obviously has an ability to draw contact. He obviously takes a lot of contact on his drives. Honestly, he could get more calls, but you know, I'll take 11 free throws. Um, but yeah, it was it was just amazing to see him cook, you know, like whether that was Brandon, uh, you know, Brandon Ingram guarding him, you know, Slenderman versus Slenderman. I think Pascal has the advantage there. Whether that's Derek Favors, you know, challenging, and he didn't actually play most of the game. Derek Favors, maybe he, I think he might have gone down with an injury, but still, when Pascal was matched up on him, Favors, you know, couldn't really handle him off the dribble. What was actually really impressive to me was that Pascal got Drew Holiday switched on him. And, if you know, obviously Holiday is a lot shorter than Pascal. Pascal is about 6'9". Drew Holiday is about 6'3". But, you know, Drew Holiday is a tough 
tough son of a bitch. Like, he is just a really, really gritty player. I've always really respected Drew Holiday and the way he plays. And especially defensively, he's amazing. He's a little bit like Kyle Lowry in the sense that even though he's smaller, he's really good at guarding the bigger guys. But Pascal actually handled Drew Holiday quite well in terms of, you know, um, going to the post move, uh, backing him down, making sure that Drew Holiday couldn't poke the ball free. And Pascal was just able to get a shot and, and rise up and, and get to his spots. And just overall, it was, it was an excellent performance from Pascal, especially from the fact that, you know, he supplied the kind of energy that the rest of the team necessarily weren't matching. Like, if you look at um, the other bigs in the lineup, Serge Ibaka in 26 minutes got you three defensive rebounds. Marcus All in tw- 32 minutes, that's including overtime, got you three defensive rebounds. Pascal by himself got 12. And rebounding is a big issue for the Raptors. Like, they need to make sure that they secure the boards. They don't really have that sort of um, Kawhi-like presence who can just come in and snag everything. Pascal's probably the closest one to it. But, of course, you need Pascal off for the transition game. Um, so I really appreciate the fact that Pascal had 18 rebounds, man. I mean, like, a lot of the offense rebounds, he was falling on his own miss, whatever. But still, 18 rebounds is, is a lot, a lot of energy. And so I thought Pascal really stepped up the play. To be honest, the only time Pascal didn't actually look like a franchise player tonight was when uh, the referees were officiating him because his fifth and sixth fouls were both just complete BS. On the fifth one, Pascal closed out to the corner in transition. Kenrich Williams of the Pelicans kicked his leg out. And it was pretty blatant, honestly. I could see it when it was happening. The referees called uh, a foul on Pascal, which was his fifth, and Williams went to the line and hit three free throws. And then when they showed it on the Jumbotron, it was very, very apparent that Kenrich really had kicked his leg out, and that should be an offensive foul, not a defensive foul. So that, that was a huge swing. And then after that, you know, late in the fourth quarter there, Pascal runs a pick and roll with OG and Anobi, and uh, what's his name? J.J. JJ uh, Reddick comes out and uh, steps in and tries to trap Pascal. But then Reddick kind of just like flops shamelessly. Like it's very, very clear that he just flops. Uh, and somehow Pascal gets called for a sixth foul and he's fouled out of the game. And that's very, very late in the fourth quarter there. And that was with the game in, you know, in the balance there. You cannot foul out. Of, <laughs> like you cannot foul out a max player uh, on such a weak call. And uh, you know what I actually made that play, that Reddick flop, so infuriating was that on the in previous possession when the Raptors were on defense, Fred Van Vliet essentially did the same thing and took a charge and he fell over. There was no foul call in the play. The Raptors had to scramble. The Pelicans got a shot out of it. And then coming on the same, it's the same thing, same thing. And then Pascal gets called. So that was unfortunate. Um, but overall, that was an amazing performance of Pascal. Really did um, answer some of the questions surrounding his performance. Obviously, to be a max guy, you got to do this night in and night out. Maybe not 34 and 18. He doesn't need to be, I don't know, like prime Will Chamberlain. But uh, honestly, if Pascal gives you like a solid 23, 24 a night, with 10 rebounds and 5 assists, like, he's easily, easily, easily going to an all-NBA team. And, you know, if, if you actually read my predictions column tonight uh, that I put out this morning, uh, I predicted that Pascal's going to be third-team all-NBA. Honestly, after seeing a game like this, he might even be second-team. Like, that second-team might not be out of the question for Pascal. So, a very, very nice showing from Pascal. And the 5 assists is also quite nice, too, because he really needs to play make for others. Um Right there, step for step with Pascal, was Fred Van Vliet, who also had 34 points of his own in 44 minutes. This was just uh, such a gutsy performance from uh, from Fred. Not only in the sense that, you know, he was able to, um, you know, create offense in in crunch time. We know that he is one of the clutchest players in the league and definitely the clutchest player on the Raptors. We know that Fred can... um, 
explode for these kind of outings, especially when he plays alongside Kyle Lowry. Fred got the start today. He was obviously very good. But it was very gutsy in the sense that, man, like Fred banged into a cameraman late in the third quarter, had to check out of the game, went to the locker room to get checked out. Now he came back and came back into the game. Didn't seem like there was too big of a problem. But like before he had you know went down on that knock, Fred was just killing. He was torching everybody, man. <laughs> like it was actually, it was shocking. I was I had to rub my eyes and see like, is, are we sure that's not Kyrie Irving out there? Like, what's going on? Like Fred, I mean, geez, like Fred was just incredible. Like some of the spitting layups that he was doing, uh, I I just you know like you see it, you've seen it happen before, but I don't think we've seen the combination of Fred having of clean bill of health um and you know with that comes a very very quick first step and he was able to use that to repeatedly elude his uh defender but also i think it's just nice to see fred be able to um it's just nice to see fred be able to execute everything in his mind because there's a lot of times when fred goes to the rim previous season the man gets blocked a lot he's six foot tall he's not really jumping that much he's obviously not dunking like he's gonna get blocked a lot of the times but you know today he was very crafty um was really good at using the off arm to sort of get separation and then he was very good at just you know banking shots in from very difficult angles and i'm not saying he's gonna like have a 34 point performance every night he's not gonna be this efficient nightly but you know, this is also not a surprise. Like, he, he was doing this in preseason. Like, I've been telling everybody, Fred Van Vliet had been the Raptors' best player in preseason. He was definitely on the verge of a breakout year. In my predictions column, I said Fred was going to outscore Kyle Lowry this season. That doesn't even seem that bold nowadays because I, the way Kyle's shooting versus the way Fred's shooting is just night and day. Fred is money. Kyle, a little bit erratic. But nevertheless, Fred was incredible tonight, man, uh, and, and super gritty because he fought through that ankle injury. Um, you know, Nick Nurse talked about it after the game. He was like, well, you know, honestly, I thought about keeping Fred on the bench, but then I put him back in the game, and I ran some clutch plays for him. And Fred, of course, he delivered. You know what I mean? Like, um, one play that was really, really pretty to see in real time was about a minute left in the game, Raptors down three. They run a hammer action where Kyle runs a high pick and roll on one side of the floor, and on the other side, Fred goes from the wing and ducks into the corner, and uh, Marcus all sets a little... Uh, you know, pin down screen to sort of um, it'll sort of get Fred open in the corner. Kyle then you know drives a lane, kicks it out to the corner. It's actually a play LeBron used to run all the time with the Cavaliers, and I know this because uh, you know I mean Kyle Korver and J.R. Smith got so many threes in those playoffs. It really hurts me to talk about this right now, but um, but yeah, I mean perfect execution. You know, Kyle finds uh, Fred in the corner. Marcus all effectively screens Drew Holiday, who is a race from the play. Fred, of course, nails a three and it forces. Well, it doesn't force overtime at that point, but you know, at least it, uh, it ties the game and the Raptors and eventually go to overtime. So that was a great set design, and of course, Fred came, uh, came through in the clutch as well with a couple more shots. I mean, Fred, just an amazing, amazing player overall. Kyle Lowry, obviously today, also very good in the sense that you know you can't argue with the total production, like twenty-two points, five rebounds, six assists, two steals, forty-five minutes. Uh, that's very very good the only thing i would really pick at today with kyle is just like i just don't think he's very sharp like this looked a lot like that brooklyn game where he's taking shots and he's searching more than he's trying to actually confidently go up and rise for the shot i think it's clear that he's rusty um you know kyle said himself at media day that he's about a month behind in his conditioning and with the way he was sort of charging into the lane and sort of like not really getting enough legs into some of his shots like yeah i mean his conditioning is going to be a question and i think that um you know his percentages are going to suffer because of it today he shot 415 from the field three of 11 from deep that's not very good 
But what Kyle does is what I mean. This is what Kyle does every time. He he finds a way. Kyle finds a way. And today, the way Kyle was able to get through this game was to get to the free throw line. He went to the free throw line thirteen times, uh, shot eleven free throws. That's got to be. I don't even think last season he got to thirteen at all in the playoffs or in the regular season, but. Kyle was just relentless in terms of driving the lane. I don't think the Pelicans, admittedly, they I don't think they're a very good defensive club. Like they're a little bit sloppy, they're a little bit weak. Um, you can really drive inside and finish. There's not a lot of shot blocking with the kind of guys like you know, uh, Derek Favors in the middle or uh, like Jaleel Okafor. He had a nice end to the last season, but I, I don't really think he's actually a consistent guy. Or this new dude, uh, Nicholas Melli, who uh, Nicolo Melli, sorry. And I want to sound like uh, Marv Albert, who called him uh, Mel for most of the game before he switched to Melly. <laughs> like, man, Marv, man, come on, this this man's just old, man. He's just he's 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 a little past his prime right now. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, Kyle was able to get into the lane. He was able to draw fouls. He's able to create contact, force the issue. You know, and this is what Kyle does. Yeah, you, know, you know, on a night where he doesn't shoot well, he you know, and the team needs him, he creates in other ways, and I credit him for that. He actually also. Uh, ran the Raptors offense in crunch time especially when Pascal went out and there were some hit or miss moments like there's times where Kyle pulled up for three and I'm like that's just not a shot we need to be getting right now we should be playing through Fred we should be playing through other options but um you know in overtime Kyle consistently created opportunities for the Raptors and you know he's the biggest reason why the Raptors were able to pull through in overtime so huge performance from Kyle and I gotta say as well you know (laughs) OG Anobi had an amazing game just a really, really good game. I mean, this is if this was what we got out of OG Anobi every night, I'd be thrilled. And I think the coaching staff will be thrilled as well. Like, OG today, 11.7 rebounds in 36 minutes, 5 of 12 shooting, 1 of 4 from deep. That doesn't sound that great, but it's the defense, man. It's the defense. Like, he made three clutch defensive sequences um, that I can recall from the fourth quarter alone where, one, he rotates the basket just in time to sort of uh, block a, a player driving in for a layup. Um, that's just pure instincts. That's just knowing the game. That's understanding the scheme, and obviously a great athletic uh, play to sort of you know block shots. I mean, like I always thought OG should block more shots. Like he's six foot eight. He's got like a Kawhi you know level wingspan. Like he should, if he has good timing and he has obviously strength and he has you know leaping ability, he should block some shots. And you know that was a big block at that time. I think it was maybe on Josh Hart or someone like that. Uh, there's another sequence shortly thereafter where um, the Pelicans were able to break down the Raptors' defense by slipping the ball to the rolling big man. I think it was um, Okafor who was driving the lane there. And OG, again, very timely rotation, gets into position, takes the charge square in the chest, forces the turnover. Another huge, huge defensive possession. And then... On the last possession of regulation after the Raptors, well, not the last possession, actually, the last Pelicans possession of, uh, uh, in terms of, of regulation, Drew Holiday gets the ball with a full shot clock, tries to go to OG Ananobi a couple times, doesn't really work. OG forces Holiday into jumping into the air and then sort of throwing a bailout pass to sort of reset. The pass goes back to Holiday. OG sticks with Holiday, and Holiday doesn't even get a good look off. And I was just super impressed because for most of the game, Holiday – was, you know, the I would say the most difficult assignment in the sense that, you know, we know what Reddit can do. You know, he's going to move around. He's, he's you know, he, he's going to say things he apparently doesn't mean. He's going to, you know, step into shots and, like, whatever. He's an amazing shooter. He's going to get his points. And you kind of know what Brandon Ingram's going to do, too. Like, he's a very talented scorer, and he's physically 
uh, very, very unique. So he's going to be able to get a shot off over a lot of guys. But Drew Holiday is a guy that on this team, especially with Zion out, that he is going to be the most creative player on the team. He's going to be the player that initiates most of their offense. And he's a guy who can really get buckets. Like, he's a really tough dude. And OG just shut him down, man. I mean, like, you know, it wasn't just OG. Pascal also took possessions on Drew Holiday. So the fact that the Raptors, two young guys, were able to shut down, um, you know, you know, collectively shut down the opposing pl- team's best player is very impressive. But the fact that, you know, Drew Holiday had, what, 13 points on 6 of 15 shooting, 1 of 6 from 3, and 5 turnovers, like, man, OG did, just, OG did an amazing job defensively. So I really want to give OG some credit. But, you know, overall, it was... Uh, it was a fun game, definitely an exciting game. I mean, I've covered most of the positives. In terms of the negatives, I would say that uh, I don't think Norm was very good. <laughs> um, he did, you know, have a layup in overtime, and he sort of filled in for Pascal, and he did pretty good defensively on that end. But I don't know. I'm just I found him a little bit underwhelming in terms of his offense. Like in 29 minutes, most of his his utility in the basketball game is scoring, and uh, he gave you five points on two of seven shooting in 29 minutes. So that's that's not great. I thought Serge came in his first shift completely invisible. I don't think he plays that well against, like, with Gasol uh, against teams that are going to have, like, five shooters on the floor. That doesn't really make sense to go big in those situations. Um, and I also thought that, you know, out of everyone else, like, the Raptors as a collective just did not come out strong. I think the emotions of ring night kind of got to them a little bit. Like, you get rings, you get the trophy, you get the banner, and then you have, like, ten minutes to then get yourself steeled up to, like, compete against world-class athletes so you know it wasn't a surprise to me that the Raptors fell down 15 to 4 after like four minutes uh, and they were making tons of mistakes like letting Reddick get open in transition and you know not boxing out and not rotating and things like this um so there was a it was a very emotional night and I honestly thought that you know Serge being such an emotional guy himself he really is a player that plays on confidence I thought his first shift was just completely underwhelming and I think sort of the moment got to him but as the game went on, he really did impose himself on the game. You know, he crashed the glass for putbacks. Um, he finished in the lane. There's one play where he had, like, four guys around him, and he still finished, which, you know, maybe maybe pass it out. But also, you know, impressive that he finished. And he was fine. Um, you know, he ultimately ended up closing out uh, part of overtime. Mark, I got to say, was probably the biggest negative for me from this game just because, man, he just looked real old. Like, he gave us a classic Chuck Hayes performance tonight, like six points four rebounds you know he for the longest time in regulation his only basket was a banked in three from the top of the key and you know I would say that's a bit lucky there uh wasn't that effective defensively didn't you know wasn't as that mobile and definitely didn't contribute on the defensive glass which is really a big problem because you kind of need him to get you rebounds like the Pelicans got 16 offensive rebounds tonight that's not going to cut it if you're going to be a defensive juggernaut which the Raptors can be but they need to secure rebounds and Gasol today three rebounds at least defensive rebounds in 32 minutes. That's very, very disappointing from a center. Um, And I just think overall, like, Mark just looks – I don't know, man. I guess it's not surprising. He just looks really taxed, right? He he played deep into the playoffs, obviously, won the finals and everything like that. Great time. Marcus Law, huge contributions. Uh, And then he went, like, pretty much straight to play for Team Spain and played all over the world and stuff like that. So – yeah, the man's going to be tired. I don't know what to say. Um, I think, you know, he's going to need a little bit of time to sort of catch his rhythm and find his flow. And, you know, he's not going to be quick. He's not going to be athletic. But, you know, he's obviously big and he knows how to play and he can find his touch again. But even honestly, even just watching him shoot like pregame and stuff like that, like he was shooting like 25% in like just the warm-up drills and stuff. And I was like, man, this is not going to look up 
it's not shaping out to be a good game for Gasol, and obviously it translated to his um, performance on the court. But that's just something to look for, of course. And then the other negative I would say is like, you know, so Nick's going to run with an eight-man rotation, and really it's like seven and a half because Terrence Davis is not actually getting like long stretches of play, even though I thought today he was pretty good. In five, in like 15 minutes, he got five points, five rebounds, two assists, two steals. Pretty active. I love the rebounding. I think that's going to be really beneficial to the team. But it's pretty much a 7.5-man rotation at the moment. Now, granted, maybe Pat McCaw comes back, and he's the ninth man. Obviously, Nurse seems to really like McCaw, so like there's a real chance for McCaw to get in there. And, of course, you know you got a guy like Rondé Hollis-Jefferson who was out for tonight's game, and I feel like he can contribute. But, like, I don't know, man. It's just Is it sustainable to run a seven-and-a-half-man rotation for a lot of the season? I don't really think so. Like, this is – I don't want to see Nurse sort of copy, like, a D'Antoni style of management. Like, I think you're going to burn your players out, especially if you have older guys like Kyle – who played 45 minutes tonight. Like, that's is that productive? I, I don't really think so. So, I mean, I know Nurse doesn't really like the newer guys. Like, it's true. Like, a lot of them aren't sort of ready to contribute, and they're sort of liabilities. But, I mean, that's that's part of your job as a coach, right? Like, you got to make, you know, you got to make do with some of these guys. Like, I'm sure if uh, when Nick was back in Birmingham and stuff like that, he would have loved to have uh, Stanley Johnson on this team. And, of course, now this is not Birmingham. We're talking about the Toronto, you know, Toronto Raptors and the champions here. And it's on Stanley and those other guys to sort of match the level. But, you know, uh, eventually the Raptors are going to need more from their depth guys. And, um, yeah, I, I, I can only really see the seven-and-a-half-man rotation working for about a month before something, you know, actually uh, problematic shows up. Because you're just you're just too thin. Like on a night to, like tonight where Mark doesn't give you much and, like, Norm doesn't really give you much, like, you're pretty much stuck relying on a couple guys. And if Pascal didn't have a great game, if Fred didn't have a great game – then you're really looking at a very dire situation. So, you know, hopefully one of the bench guys steps up and hopefully, um, you know, Nurse, you know, takes to their liking. In terms of your three stars from tonight, first star, I'm giving that to Pascal Siakam, 34 points, 18 rebounds, five assists. Just an incredible, incredible performance. Um, second star, I'm giving that to Fred Van Vliet, career high, 34 points, 12 of 18 shooting, five of seven from deep, five of six from the free throw line, five rebounds, seven assists, two steals, plus 18 in 44 minutes. Incredibly clutch. Um, I love the I love the look with Van Bleed and Kyle in the front starting lineup. Like the two point guard lineups have always been a staple of the Raptors offense. And um yeah, quite frankly, Fred is just also much better than Norm. So you should start. That just you know, it is what it is. Uh and then third star, I'm giving it to Kyle who had twenty two points, five rebounds, and six assists, but I really, really would like to have him share that with OG and Obi, who I thought he really gave the Raptors a shot in the arm in terms of his defense. Like, he was the Raptors' best defender tonight. Like, I don't even think it was that close. And, um, yeah, if OG can give you this type of effort every night, the Raptors are going to win a lot of games. So, in terms of the Gerald Henderson Award, that's got to go to Niccolo Mealy, who um, had 14 points in 20 minutes off the bench, 5 of 7 shooting, 4 or 5 from deep, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, plus 11. Um, This man is wet. Like, he is just, like, I don't know. It's a set foot shot, but it's a very accurate shot. Uh, defensively, you know, I don't know, a little bit suspect. But, I, again, like, it looks like the Pelicans found another Ryan Anderson type. And, yeah, Melly, he, he was really killing it tonight. And um, and then, yeah, in terms of the Pat Patterson award, which, by the way, Pat Patterson starting for the Clippers tonight against the, uh, the Lakers. Uh, and he was guarding Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I mean, yikes. Yikes. Um, that, that, that. That's unfortunate to be doing 
such things in 2019. But it, uh, the Patrick Patterson Award tonight, I'm giving that to. Uh, unfortunately, I got to give it to Nikhil Alexander Walker, who is a Canadian kid. He's from Burlington. Um, although he claims Toronto like most people from Burlington and the GTA regions, but you know we'll just you know, not talk about that. Um, yeah, I mean there's a lot, there's been a lot of hype. He's been playing really well in sort of summer league and also in preseason tonight in front of his uh, you know home fans. I guess man was not that good. One of ten from the field in 12 minutes. You know was a little bit uh, shot happy. Definitely took a lot of shots. You know made a couple of nice plays, but overall a shaky night from the rookie, but I actually thought it was a real sly move, by the way, by the Raptors to, uh, you know, put Nikhil on the jumbotron and sort of call his name and ask for an ovation from the fans. Of like, oh, yeah, hometown kid and stuff like that. It's just like, you know what? Embrace it, man. Years down the line, you know, when players want to go home like Kawhi, maybe Nikhil wants to go home and come to the Raptors. Who knows? Who knows? So all around, it was a great night. Obviously, the scenes around the championship and things like this uh, were amazing. And, of course, the game itself, not bad. It's, you know, winning in overtime, it was very fun. Uh, in terms of some news and notes for the podcast itself, uh, one, we're actually doing a giveaway. So I have copies of the Raptors Championship DVD. I don't have them with me right now. But I have uh, a few copies of the Raptors Official Championship DVD to give away. And all I need you to do is uh, rate and subscribe and um, write a review on iTunes. If you don't use an iPhone, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, it's, it's, it sucks. But, yeah, in the App Store, in, in the iTunes App Store, please, please, uh, you know, give the podcast a rating, write a nice review, and then send a screenshot of that to my email account, which is uh, william at raptorsrepublic.com. And, uh, yeah, and I'll pick a couple of winners. So, um, again, that you just need to rate, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Send a screenshot of that to my email, william at raptorsrepublic.com. And, um, yeah, I'll give away a couple of DVDs. But, uh, yeah, so that's one. Two, the podcast this season will be recorded um, via, you know, webcam or whatever. And we're going to be putting them out on YouTube uh, you can find those at the Yahoo Sports Canada YouTube page. Um, so if, if you're one of those people that like to listen to podcasts through YouTube, uh, which apparently is a lot of people, you can check out the podcast there. And then finally, the show is back. The show is back. And um, it's back. Obviously, we're going to be I'll be recording after every single game. Um, and there's even going to be a new show this year where it's on Friday afternoons starting at... 3.30 to 4.30, that's the time we have right now. But every Friday from 3.30 to 4.30, we're going to be doing a call-in show where you can literally call into a number. I don't have the number offhand, but I'll you know put it out on Twitter soon enough. But yeah, it's going to be a call-in show. It's going to be hosted by me and my buddy Josh. And for an hour, we're going to take Raptors fan calls. And yeah, whatever you want to talk about, uh, we can talk about. So it's going to be an exciting season. Obviously, the Raptors are on pace for 82-0, and 0, and uh, I can't wait. Thanks, everyone, for listening and to people for watching. Again, um, if you want a championship DVD, you know, follow the instructions I listed below. And um, yeah, what a start. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. 
For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.